Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harridge here with the Daily Bird Investing Podcast. Hope you had a good day today. Uh, another good day in the markets today. I, I believe Tyler just told me this is eight straight days. NASDAQ has been up and seven straight days for SP500. I think that's, that's what he said. Uh, it's been a good run. Uh, pretty much a melt up move higher uh, coming out of a seasonally weak period down into a very strong seasonally. Uh, period, seasonal period into year end and what we think is going to be a strong 2024. Let's talk about the market first. Dow Jones today finishing up two tenths of one percent. As you have 100 up three tenths of one percent. NASDAQ up nine tenths of one percent and rose 2000 up three tenths, uh, down three tenths of one percent, I should say. Uh, semiconductors up eight tenths of one percent. Again, uh, the key for us really is always watching tech and the semis because they lead in both directions, specifically, uh, semis. Uh, we put out a, a chart today, a real street chart. Comparing the semis to the SP of 100. And this is really one of our go-to, uh, charts for us, uh, relative string charts as to tells. And, uh, it's pretty simple. If the semis are leading the market higher, then the market is going to keep going higher. And you, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bullish, uh, trend, uh, if you're a trend follower. And, uh, of course the inverse is true. So, uh, that's, that's, that's a pretty simple go-to, uh, that's worked since the beginning of quantitative easing. And uh, right now, it's, it continues to point to higher stock prices. It nailed the bottom in last October, just one of the many uh, capitulation events that we had and reversals higher. Uh, also today, the VIX, uh, just you know, the VIX was just at 21. It's now 14, uh, 14 and change. The 10-year, of course, is what a lot of the, the, the moving rates, of course, has been what a lot of the talk has been about. Uh, because it does appear we've seen that the highs in rates, the 10-year now, back down to 4.57%. Of course, hit a, a high of just over 5% uh, just over a week ago. And uh, again, we focused on this this morning as well. We had, in the last two weeks, we've had three outside days. Uh, these are technical events uh, that commonly signal reversal. It's, if you just get one, that signals, we've had three of them in the last two weeks uh, that have signaled a reversal. That's pretty powerful. Uh, I think the uh, the proof is uh, is there that the highs and rates are in. The Fed is done. Uh, again, Tyler's told me, I think the, the, the Fed, uh, the Fed rate tool, uh, I forget the exact name of it, but it's the, the, the futures markets, you know, predictability for a, a pause or a rate hike or a rate cut is like 80%. For a pause in December when the Fed meets again, uh, I think it's December the 13th. And, uh, you know, we're on record saying that <clears throat> the highs and rates are in and the Fed is done. The next thing the Fed will be doing will be cutting rates um, mid-year next year. I know a lot of people think it's going to be sooner. I think uh, some, sometime that mid-year, you don't want it to happen too soon. Because if the Fed has to uh, once again admit they made another major policy here, which of course they have, uh, but if they have to admit it sooner than later, that's not a real good look. And also would probably signal uh, a, a very uh, a quick weakening economy. And the markets don't want to see that either. You know, we want Goldilocks. Uh, we want the rates to come down uh, gently as inflation, as, as disinflation continues to build. And in that kind of an environment, you're going to have tech stocks that continue to lead the way higher. Uh, and this is all going to be driven by what we've already seen, right? Third quarter. And I know, I know. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm floored. I got to tell you, we Todd and I just talked about this. I'm floored on a regular basis by the negativity that's out there. It is just stunning uh, that people aren't seeing the reality of what's happening in the U.S. economy. 
you know, if you're online at all, like I am, it's like, oh my God, it's just things are horrible. People aren't be able, even able to get three eat three meals a day. People are homeless. We are in a depression. I mean, I actually don't hear that, but uh, the, I, I exaggerate just a little bit. But there's so much just overwhelming level of negativity, and nothing could be further from the truth. We had just had a 4.9% uh, third quarter GDP. Um, and I, I, whenever I, 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 I was at a party on Saturday, I was talking about some of this data and, and uh, nobody believes it. They're just like, it can't be true. It just can't be true. And I, and I always ask, how are you doing? How, how is, how's your family? How's it feel having home prices at all time high? How's it feel knowing your consumer net wealth, uh, which is nationwide, is at an all time high? How does it feel to know that, uh, again, these are all averages. Um, this happened to be a, a pretty wealthy guy I was talking to. But how does it feel to know that you're uh, uh, throughout the country, uh, net equity in homes are at all-time high? How does it feel to know that credit scores are at an all-time high? How does it feel uh, to know that uh, 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 mortgage defaults are at right off an all-time low? And uh, so those, those are just the facts. And so it doesn't mean that things can't get bad quickly, and it doesn't mean that there aren't people hurting. Of course, that's all true and that's all valid, but 68% of Americans own a home, at least one home. This is the America that I'm talking about. This is the America that matters to the markets, it matters to the data, and it matters to the statistics. You're always going to have, especially uh, as we get the income disparities wider and wider, Two Americas become wider and wider. That, yes, that is the case. I'm not debating that. I've got just to make this very honest observation, which I've said so many times. There's really no good way to say this. One America doesn't matter. One America no longer matters to the rest of us that are doing really well. And certainly doesn't matter to the stock market that's doing really well. And so, you know, this is uh, it's probably the same everywhere. I know it's certainly the case in America. Uh, and uh, you certainly have, you know, uh, sympathy and in my case, empathy for people. I didn't have money growing up. I know what that's like. But, you know, I survived, you know, and it made me want to work harder and it made me want to achieve more because I knew what I didn't want uh, my kids to experience growing up. Right. I knew the kind of retirement that I wanted to have versus the kind that my parents uh, uh, were having. So, you know, again, it, it's, uh, I guess a lot of this is relative. But again, the, the, the broader point I'm making is this negativity that's out there when the economy is growing the way ours just did, even in the face of Fed funds rate at five and a half percent and mortgages at better than eight percent, just still see corporate earnings and the economy doing so well, consumer spending and the consumer, broadly speaking, to be so healthy. Uh, again, I just covered all that because that's the fact. And so I think that's what the market's recognizing. And that's why we believe that we have the, all the ingredients are in place uh, with everything that uh, uh, we're looking for a sharp move lower in rates uh, in 2024, uh, a weaker dollar, rebounding global global economy. All of this is going to continue to propel earnings uh, throughout the next year, as we've talked about for a long time. We're, we are in the roaring 2020s. And I think the data is proving this up. As, as incredulous as people are, the data is telling you something different. And combine all that with the fact that we are living through the first, just in the first inning of the innovation revolution. That's what we've called it here in the big bribe. And uh, really, it's, again, it's, the, it's, it's innovation and it's uh, uh, 
uh, uh, AI. Uh, and you're seeing it now in, in uh, companies in the earnings reports. You're seeing it starting right now, of course, in semi and tech stocks, but that is going to spread throughout the broader economy. And this is going to continue to, to bring inflation down. It's going to continue to cause earnings to grow. So with all that in mind, uh, again, we're in the first inning of this uh, innovation revolution. And we think the ingredients are in place for a 30% move higher from here in the SPO 100 and a 40% move higher from here in the semis and tech to carry well into 2014. I think it's a very good time to be in the markets. We've called this the lows are in. Uh, we did this uh, last week. We've been saying to back up the truck. And uh, I think so far, so good. Uh, and again, as long as semis are doing well, as long as housing is doing well, uh, just here are the facts. From the bear market lows, housing stocks are up. The housing housing index, if you will, is up uh, <clears throat> 60%, right? Semiconductors are up 80%. That's just over a year. It's extraordinary moves higher. And I think, again, that's signaling a much broader move uh, that's going to come. And again, I'll just say this. We also think it's very important that small caps get going. We have a big buy recommendation on small caps, both ETF-wise, and we own a number of small cap names. They've been uh, they, they've been in a coma for two years, right? They've been death warmed over. It's time for small caps to get going. The data backs that up. We have a lot of technical indicators that indicate we've got a big move higher coming in small caps that should propel small caps uh, about 25% plus over the next 12 months based on history. And it's very reliable indicator, 24 for 24. 100% of the time it's been accurate. And so uh, I think if the small caps don't get going, I will be concerned about the U.S. economy. It's a high probability call and a high confidence call that I think small caps are going to have a very good uh, move higher into year end and to 2024. Um Put a lot of stuff out today. I don't want to. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to uh, on, a, on a on a verbal podcast. It's hard to make some of this stuff clear. Uh, but uh, you know what? I'll just move on to the internals today. Internals were not great today. Let me do a quick. Uh, where is the screen? Oh, closed out. One second here. I know the internals were not strong today, even though the market was higher. Just one second. I'll do the sector watch first. How about that? In our sector watch today, uh, we had uh, six sectors finished lower, five finished higher, led at the downside by energy down 2.3%, materials down 1.9% to the upside, consumer discretionary, uh, technology, uh, both up better than 1%. In our sector watch, excuse me, in our, uh, in our internal watch today, uh, here we go. Uh, NYSE, uh, negative, but not by much, about 400 issues. NASDAQ, we're going to call it dead even uh, for advanced decline. Volume was positive for NASDAQ, not quite two to one, but pretty solidly positive. And NYSE uh, volume was also slightly negative. New 52 highs to lows came in at uh, 79 stocks, hitting a new 52 week high to uh, 159, uh, excuse me, 199 hitting a new 52-week low. Not great readings today, but again, we've had such an amazing run higher. It's not, not uncommon that you'd have a bit of a pause here, let the markets catch their breath. We've already hit extreme overbought on our shortest-term momentum oscillators in our broad market indexes, and some of them anyway. Uh, that's not a sell signal, by the way, uh, but that's how fast this move has been. Uh, to go from this as oversold as we were to now being overbought, 
that actually has created a buy signal called a Zweig breath thrust. Again, very rare signal, uh, but a high probability signal that the markets are going to go higher and that the lows are in. But yes, in the short term, we have we are hitting uh, extreme robot levels in some of our index. It's just something to be aware of. I think we may get another good buying opportunity. It's pretty common after you see a spike higher like this that you have one more dip. And that dip could be uh, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a kind of a planted news story or a series of them. I've seen this happen so many times. And what that does allows the smart money, that's their buying opportunity. The ones that didn't get in at the bottom, they get one more chance. I've seen it time and time again. Wouldn't be surprised to see it here. So if for any reason you didn't jump in at the very bottom and you've got some cash on the sidelines, you know what? I I think you'll probably get a chance to buy. I'm not saying we're gonna have a big about big downdraft, but I think you'll get a chance to buy again. You just got to be ready to buy the dip. Remember, buy the dip has been this, one of the smartest smart money plays since the uh, birth of this new bull market. These dips haven't lasted long. The one we just had lasted three months. Took the SP 100 down 10. percent I don't think we'll see anything like that going forward. I think if we get about a two percent move lower, that's really nothing. That's one or two days lower. I think that's probably going to be it. Well, again, we're looking for a sharp move higher into year end. Uh, in our commodity watch today, um, again, the, some of the war trade is gone now. You know, the fear trade is gone from uh, both uh, uh, Ukraine and Russia. Of course, we called it a long time. Didn't go, didn't we? We suspended on every day. We talk about uh, this uh, coordinated uh, money laundering operation taking place between Ukraine, Russia, the oligarchs, the oligarchs in the U.S. and Ukraine and Russia. And uh, now that seems to have run its course. So it was it's going to end the way it's always going to end with a negotiated peace. And, of course, the U.S. being out about one hundred fifty billion dollars. Uh, while our borders wide open, it's just so sickening. It's very hard for me to talk about it without completely losing my shit because you just can't believe this is happening in this country, can you? Uh, but it is. And now we've got uh, another, we've got to send a lot of money to Israel now for some reason because, of course, they're a very poor nation and can afford it to, to, to defend themselves. Uh, look, we are buried in debt, $33 trillion in debt. We have a border that's a sieve. We have an ongoing invasion. We have no business sending any money to any country. We'll send you our thoughts and prayers. And I guess you need our military to support you. We'll be there. We're always there with our military, right? But this, 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 these money giveaways that are simply money laundering operations for our bureaucrats, that is – we all see through it, don't we? Uh, what is it going to take? Pitchforks? Is it going to take – is it going to take a – uh, us rioting in the streets is going to take a, a civil war uh, to, 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 to get these politicians to stop being such criminals uh, and for the state to, get, to stop robbing the people of, of everything this, that we should have in this country. Uh, it's just incredibly sad uh, to see what's happening here. But the, the days of us sending money to any other country should be over. We have eight, more than 800 military bases around the world. When I hear people talking about, oh, the risk from Iran, I'm like, pull up a map, you dumb son of a bitch. Pull up a map. Just go to Google and say, hey, show me the military bases surrounding, U.S. military bases surrounding Iran. There's like 60 military, U.S. military bases surrounding, we have Iran covered, cornered, surrounded. There's nothing they can do to anybody. Uh, and the same would be true for Russia. Russia's economy. It's not even, Mexico's economy is bigger than Russia. 
Okay, so you know these threats, the, the military-industrial complex has to dream up. We always have to have us afraid of somebody, right? We have to be in fear, so we need the government's help, and that's what allows the military-industrial complex and our state criminals uh, to continue robbing our money from us. Just folks, just turn off Fox News, turn off all that bullshit, because that's what it is. None of it's true. It's all CIA propaganda, and uh, you know what? Just enjoy our lives. We have great lives. There really has never been a better time to be an American from purely an inside point of view, right? We have everything we've ever needed. We're making more money. We have more wealth than ever before. Uh, if we've got our, our, our health, we've got our families, you know, uh, you know, let's just let's be happy in that moment, right? Uh, easier said than done, I know. Okay, let's talk about the commodities now. Again, the war trade. Is over for right now. It doesn't mean that gold is going to go a lot lower. It's not. This is a big bull market for gold, silver, and the miners. Again, gold is up 22% on the year. I believe, at least as of a couple days ago, that was still better than the SP 100 for the year. Certainly better than small cap, better than the Dow Jones, all that. Tech, tech stocks have done better, but uh, gold is still up 22% for the year. It's had a phenomenal year. Today was not the case. Down $13 an ounce, about a half percent at 1975. Silver down fifty-two cents an ounce at twenty-two seventy. Uh, by the way, we have Russia's friend. Look, it's just look at the maps, right? We have these countries surrounded. Imagine we have China surrounded. Imagine just for a second, if we had uh, I don't know ten, just ten, just ten Chinese military bases surrounding the United States and Canada. Just ten, not not the fifty to hundred that we do for China and Russia and and, and, and Iran. Just imagine. Let's say there was just one. If there was just one Chinese military base anywhere near the United States, imagine the conniption fits uh, that, that people would be having in this country. Oh, my God. Nuclear war would be uh, omnipresent. You know, it would just be right around the corner. And then it's just, uh, boy, I just uh, a lifetime of this propaganda um, and the lies we've been told. You know, uh, and of course, 9-11 really woke me up from personally. Uh, it's just uh uh, we just deserve so much better, don't we? The world deserves so much better. It's time we bring our, our, our 800 plus military bases, close them, most of them down, bring our troops home. Let's stop uh, warmongering all over the world. Why do you think America and Americans are hated the way we are? Uh, because all we do is cause death and destruction around the world and strife. And that is just a reality of it, folks. And it's just sickening to me. Uh, and again, turn off Fox. I'm sorry. I like Fox Business because I'm on with Charles Payne, but I can't watch Fox. It's just complete CIA, military industrial complex propaganda, and it's nothing but that. Um, anyway, uh, where was I? Silver down 50 cents an ounce at 22.70. Copper down three cents a pound at 3.68. Uh, crude oil. Uh, today, uh, taking a pretty good hit again. The war trade uh, again. We're very long this group. We're buying dips here, in uh, because the supply demand story is incredibly good. We think that I think next year China is going to make a big comeback economically. Uh, and again, there's just a very tight supply demand uh, situation there for oil. So this is a dip buy, especially for energy stocks. But crude oil now back below eighty at seventy seven dollars a barrel, down four and a half percent today, and. Um, Finally, uh, Bitcoin. Uh, again, great opportunity here. We've been pounding the table on Bitcoin up 385 today at 35,400. Uh, cover this today. You know, look, it's a fairly simple story for me. Again, uh, I'm a simple guy. It's always been for me a supply and demand story. So, um, for me, the story is this. 
uh, first of all, there's a lot of money flowing. Crypto flows. We've already had more. Uh, uh, we've had more crypto money flowing into cryptocurrencies in the last six weeks than we had in all of last year. That tells you what's going on here, okay? Uh, but the big story, of course, is the SEC is going to approve Bitcoin spot ETFs, probably like a thousand of them trading uh, by the first, second quarter of next year. And that's going to remove the need. For, for wallets, you know, for the middleman like Coinbase. I, I'm sure they'll still exist. You know, people want to still hold them physically. But a lot of people will just now use this as a trading vehicle. And they just use the ETFs like you trade a stock. You know, without the fees, it'll be much simpler uh, to do it that way. Again, it's a different purpose, of course. But it's going to bring trillions of dollars of buying in. We also have Bitcoin. Ha- it's going to be halving uh, early next year. It's halving again. So that's going to reduce supply by as much as 50%. Again, it's a supply-demand story. It is about to be an SEC blessed and approved asset, and that's going to be big. Uh, how long will the move last? I don't know. I think I think this is probably where we're going to see the first move to a hundred thousand on Bitcoin, um, and uh, that's that's why we're we are aggressively long this group here. Uh, uh, Bitcoin. I don't. Tyler knows the other uh, cryptos better than I do. Bitcoin is the only one that I that I really have at this point. All right, folks. Hey, always appreciate you listening. Hope you had a great day and even a better night. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.